Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and we're very pleased and glad that you are coming aboard this week to find out what we have found out. And uh, we've got some uh, great news from the USDA. They're uh, giving uh, evidently updates every so often about food waste. Uh, there's different food waste initiatives that they're doing across America. And this is clamping down on the cost of food waste that we have in America. Uh, they say about 30% is left in the field. We've heard as high as 40% the last few years, so who knows. Uh, they're probably being conservative or don't want to scare people. And um, then they're going to tell us how uh, – I'm going to give you that story here in a little while here um, – they're going to tell us, you know, what they're doing and what other new groups have also added in to help them out. And this could be a really good push across America, I believe. So it's very exciting. Um, there's people that will buy the food waste from stores instead of just going to the dumpster and taking up uh, space in the landfill. And these are usually like uh, colleges, schools, universities, uh, prisons. Uh, that kind of thing, and that uh, allows the store to still make a good little clip of money on it. Uh, but, uh, again, it doesn't put the food in the landfills. That's the main thing. And it gives the farmers a way to try to recoup some of their money because here they're selling off, uh, you know, maybe 60% of what they have grown, and uh, here's some X amount of dollars more that they could be making money on. So, I mean, <laughs> We do that all the time. We look at situations and we try to see how we can best do something or change it around and, and do better at it. Um, we're very cost conscious. We, we try to. Now, sometimes we go ahead and say, okay, we have to do the best we can in the situation and just go ahead and go for the higher price. But um, we do the best that we can with the information that we have at the time is what I'll say. And that's what you should do with your whole life. So... Um, we are looking at things, uh, costs, uh, better ourselves too, um, because, uh, you know, in case there is an inflation uh, situation happening, we want to make sure that we're going to be ahead of the curve. Uh, how long do we think that's going to be on the curve? Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So um, it's just how we're brought up. We've been around this kind of stuff for a while. So um, we just, you know, like to try to do the best we can for the amount of uh, uh information we have, and also for what we have to purchase. And we just came, came from the uh, grocery store this week, and uh, we saw uh, some prices about two weeks ago that were higher, far higher, and then this week we're starting now seeing the prices go down because people want to sell uh, food for Thanksgiving. So we're seeing in the Midwest good prices for food right now, which is pattern, pattern, pattern. Uh, you know, look on your calendar. It's about the same, the same, the same uh, each year. So uh, we're seeing some of the cost of goods to uh, make, uh, you know, like sweet condensed milk, evaporated milk, that kind of thing. Uh, that's lower than last year. I mean, last year, my last two, three years, we just couldn't believe how much money we were spending on that kind of stuff. And uh, the K-Row syrup stuff that we make, like, you know, pit and brittle and that kind of thing, caramels, uh, uh, I don't I taste test it. <laughs> but anyway. But I'm the one that's responsible for getting the ingredients. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so anyway, so that's that's a, lot, a little bit higher, I think. But I tell you, in our town, um, one time my mom and brother uh, overshot uh, making uh, what they were wanting to make that day, and once one one time a year, 
and sent me out to stores to look for uh, certain ingredients. Now, this is on a weekend usually. And uh, I'm telling you, when you get toward Christmas time, it's very hard to find things because everybody's shopping. And uh, so it took me three stores one time to find Cairo syrup. Now, of course, we get the corn syrup uh, from another uh, off-breed grocery store, and it costs us far less. But in the end, I had to buy the Cairo syrup because it was like $4 a unit, $4. So uh, we like it today. We got it for two eighty-nine. I think in the past we've got it for even a dollar less than that. But uh, what I was trying to say is that uh, you have to be cognizant that prices go up and down certain times of the year. And uh, now it seems like they're going down. We got us a good turkey. Uh, to start out, we like to have uh, you know one to three turkeys uh, around so that we can have that as good meat during the winter time. So and I'm getting ready today to uh, get a sweet potato, and what I'm going to do there is uh, I've got a mandolin, but I haven't used it. But uh, I've got a mandolin, don't use it. But I also am good at cutting a vegetables in a, a thin slice, and we're going to go ahead and thin slice sweet potatoes. Put it in with some olive oil. Then we're going to, you know, dash it around, and then put maybe a little bit of salt, and then put it in the oven and see if we can make some sweet potato chips. So that's going to be fun. We're going to have that with some salad that we're doing. And we also found today. Remember, I've told you before, pomegranates. Love pomegranates. Just like cranberries, I found cranberries, and I also found finally pomegranates. I about fell over. Now they went from a dollar to a dollar twenty-nine. Personally, I don't care. We like pomegranates. And so we did buy some today, uh, several of them, and uh, we really think they're super duper. In the past, sometimes because we some uh, they sell so fast in our area here, we've even gone out of town and stopped by a supermarket there and picked up uh, X amount of uh, pomegranates and took them back, you know, hours later back home to eat them. So, um, you know, we just like pomegranates. So they are out in our area in the Midwest. I don't know why it's been slow or what's the deal or was it affected by the hurricanes. I didn't look. Uh, I meant to on the Internet, and I do apologize for not getting there. But but um, uh, they are in season, and we're going to have some tonight on our salad. Yay! So, <laughs> of course, we'll have more than just the pomegranate on our salad. It's going to be more mostly like a fruit salad because we ate a a good uh, uh, lunch, late lunch, about two hours ago. So, uh, But anyway, so that's what's going on in our life. So we're going to come back here and we're going to find out about the initiative of the USDA and their food initiative, food waste initiative, and see what's going on there. And I'm glad they're giving us updates because it's very important for us to understand uh, that could change a whole lot of things here in America. I'm hoping that somehow we can always carve it into community gardens. That's what I'm always hoping. Uh, we've, you know, helped out small farms. They're growing now, uh, leaps and bounds, so that's good. Now we've got to keep uh, more people in mind to start community gardens to help feed people because I believe we can feed almost all of our people if we uh, start more community gardens. So, so we're going to be right back to this community garden revolution, and uh, I'm so glad that you're here today. <laughs> Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel, and we're going to go ahead and listen to 
uh, fighting food waste in the, um, let's see, fighting food waste in the, oh, sorry, fighting food waste starts in the kitchen. This is not the one I wanted to show you. I'll hunt it down while we're listening to this one. But uh, let's go ahead and listen to this uh, from the USDA uh, because we do want to make sure that people understand uh, there's initiatives out there and there's always changing uh, information and different groups that are going to be joining this to help people in America reduce their food waste. And it's also something that chefs can help encourage and lead by example. And so they've evidently got an example for you on this. So hold one second here. Let me see if I can get it started. Here we go. Effectively combating food waste starts in kitchens. And chefs are really, for us, at the front line of that and our core constituency. And so we both wanted to use them as an audience by which to communicate about food waste and engage them in educational components and advocacy activities and all of the other things that we need to do. Catherine Miller is with the James Beard Foundation, which is perhaps best known for its annual food-related awards. At a recent panel discussion sponsored by the nonprofit organization Food Tank, she described the foundation's full-use kitchen program. And this is really our attempt to start at the very beginning, when people are in culinary school, right, when they are just starting their careers and talking to them about why reducing food waste and sustainability measures are important, but also how they can do it and incorporate it into their training. She says the foundation also has sponsored a cookbook so that home chefs can figure out ways to reduce food waste in their own kitchens by using more of what they have. We're not making skate wing crackers, right, Um, as much as we even (laughs) love to. We are making roasted chicken. We're figuring out what to do with our broccoli stems. We're figuring out how to repurpose that or not throw away that avocado that maybe looks a little off, right? I grew up extremely poor to the point of where I would get beat if I wasted food. That, That was not an option in my household. And that's followed me as a chef. Panelist Dadisi Olatosin is chief culinary officer for Plated Food Group. When I cook, and I'm training my cooks. I'm always thinking about what can we do with that food. Don't waste anything. Let's keep our waste down as much as we can. For 15 years, Chef Marco Canora's Brodo has been making broth the old-fashioned way. Use everything and make really delicious foods. More specifically... There's so many cool techniques to extract flavor, to utilize products. Again, just simple techniques, lacto-fermenting, understanding acidity, reducing water content, all things you could do at home to really make a difference. The James Beard Foundation's Catherine Miller says making food tasty is paramount. It's just delicious when you make that chicken liver mousse and use the day-old brioche and the you know, bread for it and you juice those kale stems and you turn that into the sauce. You've just created a dish that has reclaimed every ounce of flavor and has very little waste related to it. She says one big challenge is the messaging. How do we actually take this message out and engage the communities, both ones related to food recovery, so there's dignity in that food as it's being presented to folks, um, that it's culturally appropriate, and that it's not presented with this aspect of, like, well, you get the waste, right? So she concluded the issue is changing the narrative so that people can see that using more parts of their food and not wasting them is not only a good thing in itself, it also tastes good. This is Stephanie Ho for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. And thank you, Stephanie. And I don't know, it may how I was brought up, but we always tried to make sure that even though there were leftovers, then you try to use them as best you can. And sometimes we found a day or two later 
the leftovers took a, a meal uh, all to their own. Uh, you could maybe add some uh, corn muffins to it, or you can add some kind of a real neat yeast roll or some other kind of extra fruits with it or whatever, and you create a whole different uh, meal. And sometimes we've all commented that we like that meal just as well or even better sometimes because we're being creative. What I've taken the stance as is that I look at it as a cost. How much did it cost me to do the initial meal? How much cost did it do for the second meal? And I like to play a game with myself, and I've done this for about 20, 30 years. <laughs> Uh, that uh, I go ahead and I keep my meals. I used to keep my meals within a certain cost, and uh, even if I ate out, I kept it at a certain cost and then uh, went down from there. If I went below, then I won the game that day. If I went above, which once in a while you do, uh, then you can make it up in something else and eat a little differently. And uh, that's how I was able to keep within my budget. Um, On food, uh, we buy the best that we can, for a good price. Now that means sometimes we look at the ads and we go ahead and say, okay, this store will go there for that. This store will go there for this. So we do that. Um, again, it's a game to me. You only have X amount of dollars that you put in your budget for that, and then you got to make it work. That's how we do it. Um, you know, I always feel in life if you can do the small things, the small budget stuff or whatever, you can do the larger things in life. So I always try to make sure that the smaller things are done and it's done well. Uh, sometimes it may take me longer. Sometimes it may uh, be bumpy. Uh, sometimes it's kind of gnarly, but uh, I get there, and then I make sure it's the best that I can put out at that time. Now we're going to go ahead and see if we can find that uh, food waste uh, thing that they were uh, that they had out, so we're going to look. In the meantime, we're going to go ahead and see. I like this um, how you can turn potluck dinners from being um, bad luck dinners. And uh, for that, also, uh, my brother goes uh, a lot of times uh, to uh, family reunions or family events, and uh, everybody brings in like somebody signs up for meats, or someone signs up for salads, or someone signs up for desserts. And he really gets into all that. I used to when I was younger, and we used to go to a lot of potluck dinners there at the church. And uh, that was always fun because I'll tell you, if you want to find some good people that can cook, go to a potluck dinner. And that's what um, Sam Walton uh, did in uh, Arkansas. He, uh, even though he was a multi-billionaire, multi-millionaire, uh, he, because uh, he, you know, had to grow up from the millionaires to the billionaire part, um, he would go to potluck dinners, and you can get good food, good conversation, just a good atmosphere. I feel uh, so. The U.S. <clears throat> excuse me. The USDA wants to make sure that uh, that your potluck dinner, uh, you know, your major events at church or whatever, how you can prevent those uh, from being bad luck dinners because you really still have to watch out for food safety on that part. So here, here we go with this uh, nice little story. Summer, it's the group or company or church or family picnic. But in the fall, it's the dreaded. Yes, we say dreaded because we often hear about a food poisoning outbreak that happened as a result of a potluck dinner. Oh yeah. In fact, Marianne Gravely, who runs the Agriculture Department's Meat and Poultry Hotline, the number of which we'll give you in a minute, says so many things can go wrong with potluck dinners. It's amazing that such gatherings don't create more problems than they do. But the Centers for Disease Control experts say the second biggest source of food-related illness outbreaks is 
group meal gatherings, such as potluck dinners. When you have a lot of people bringing food to your house, or maybe you're getting together at a community center or a church kitchen, you have hot foods, you have cold foods, they all have to be handled safely. The hot foods got to be kept hot above 140 degrees, and the cold foods got to be kept cold. And we've heard from people who say, you know, all the ladies bring the food in before church and they just put it on the counter. We all go to service, and then when we come out, you know, the food's ready to eat. Well, it's sitting at room temperature. It's not going to be safe. And, of course, contributors to the dinner may not have cooked the food to a high enough temperature to kill bacteria or may not have stored it to keep it either above 140 degrees or below 40. Not to mention what happens to the food when it gets to the event venue. So, Marianne Gravely says, if you are making food or organizing the potluck dinner, keep cold foods cold, hot foods hot. On the hot side, she says, put hot dishes in the oven if possible or use... Slow cookers, chafing dishes, electric heating mats, but perishable foods should not be left in the danger zone. That's the temperature range between 40 and 140 degrees. Also, ahead of time, advise your guests to bring the food at serving temperatures, so they need to heat it up themselves before they bring it. That would be a big help. And the other day, talking with Clemson University food safety researcher Angela Fraser, she told us another good idea. Share with people that they should only produce eight or ten servings of a food. If you're making large amounts of food, it's very difficult to cool that large volumes of food down properly in a home setting. Also, have each contributor label their food with their names. It makes it simpler after the meal and makes it easier to trace back the cause of any food-related illness that might come from your dinner. Marianne Gravely says for more on all of this... We have a booklet that's called Cooking for Groups. You can give all of your guests who are bringing food a copy of it. Two ways to get it. You can call the Meat and Poultry Hotline at 1-888-MP-HOTLINE, 1-888-MP-HOTLINE, and ask for a copy. Or go online and ask your search engine to look for Cooking for Groups USDA, Cooking for Groups USDA. It might save you a lot of trouble when you are involved in that uh, dreaded... Uh... <laughs> Gary Crawford, for the, whew, Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Washington. Thanks, Gary. And what I've also found out, this is something we now implement, uh, that when the flu season starts, that is one place we don't want to be is at a bunch of uh, fast food places or whatever, uh, because bottom line, um, uh, there's issues with, with people uh, working in these restaurants and they don't wash their hands or they don't take care of themselves correctly. Um, we do have to watch out for that. So we eat less uh, starting at this time of the year onward, and we feel about February, March, uh, because if the flu season starts up again, uh, we've already had just little simmers of the flu season. Uh, we're not the peak in our area of the nation. Uh, so uh, whether it hits the peak or not, we were told it would be elevated this year. We don't know if that's going to be from last year or is it elevated just period. We don't know. So we found out for ourselves because people get ill uh, that there are certain times that we're not going to eat out. Uh, we're going to make all of our food or most of it. I mean, you know, we get into errands and sometimes you just don't have enough time, but um, that's just how we're going to do it. We're going to, before we get to this initiative to curb food waste, uh, things I found it. I'm going to tell you that in our December issue of the communitygardenmagazine.com, Community Garden Magazine, uh, you're going to find that we're going to have a Christmas uh, issue on products. 
We're going to have all kinds of different products in there. You can look at it and see if there's something that you can use or something for your family, uh, something that you can give away to somebody, something, you know, purchase online, these folks. We did a really neat uh, issue in the springtime. I'm going to do that again in the spring to get people interested in, you know, what they should purchase. But we're going to do one for the uh, Christmas time, too. And I'm very excited about this because this is when people really whittle down those prices, you know. That's what we're finding. And we're about, I'm, we're, we're about done with our Christmas shopping. I think I've only got one or two more to go, and I'm done. And, uh, of course, that sounds good, but uh, <laughs> and there's always one more to buy, just one more. But uh, I'm pretty well done, so I'm very excited. And, um, you know, good luck to the rest of you. I used to be, you know, involved with retail when I was younger, and I could go through all the crowds and whatever. I can't at the moment because uh, we're all trying to rebuild my health. But um, uh, bottom line, uh, if you can, uh, good for you. Yay, Rahoo. <laughs> but that doesn't, as I'm getting older, seem as charming uh, to fight those crowds. So um, we are eating uh, as well as we can. We do take the vitamins now again. Uh, we're very excited about our calcium levels are pretty good, uh, stabilizing. And, you know, you have to work at it. You really do have to work at it. So there's no joke to that. But I uh, just want to tell you that the December issue is going to have a chock full of pages of all kinds of different deals and things to purchase that you need to keep uh, keep posted somewhere uh, but options for you to be able to buy certain products uh, that deal with community gardening and other things and some other things. So uh, you can also go to products to purchase on Facebook and you can see some of the items that we have. Uh, but products to purchase on Facebook. Otherwise, look at the December issue of Community Garden Magazine and uh, check it out. See what kind of good things you can get. All right, here's the initiatives to curb the food waste that I was telling you about. We'll, we'll uh, play that and see what you think. Efforts continue on multiple fronts to reduce food loss and food waste in our country, including a most recent initiative introduced by federal partners, the Environmental Protection Agency, Food and Drug Administration, and the Department of Agriculture. It's only as we work together that we will win this battle of stewardship of our resources. That's from agricultural production and the post-harvest waste that we see in the fields of almost 30% through all the food supply chain into our homes and in our pantries where we are really bothered by the waste that we see in our food supply. And as Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue notes, it will take several, in some cases, creative initiatives to curb food waste, whether it is as an individual or a public-private collaboration. I'm Rod Bates. Stephanie Ho joins me for team coverage as we take a look at the initiatives to reduce food waste in this edition of Agriculture USA. Winning on reducing food waste. That is the name of the federal government's latest initiative designed to reduce food loss and food waste. Joining with private and nonprofit partners with the goal of reducing food waste by 50% by the year 2030. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue, Acting Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Andrew Wheeler, and Food and Drug Administration Commissioner Scott Gottlieb signed a memorandum of understanding regarding the initiative. Secretary Perdue later explained the importance of interagency relationships in addressing issues like food loss and food waste. 
as well as leading by example. Administrator Wheeler has been sent to keep biologics out of landfills and have much better uses for them. Dr. Gottlieb's challenge is to keep us safe and healthy and educating us so how long we can store food safely and use it in that way. And USDA obviously has an incentive over post-harvest food waste. This is one of many initiatives and efforts in the realm of food waste reduction. For instance, the U.S. Food Loss and Waste 2030 Champions Initiative, which brings corporate and nonprofits together in a pledge to reduce food waste in half in a decade or so. Secretary Purdue recognized three companies who recently joined this effort. Most recent commitments is Hilton, Kroger, and MGM Resorts International. Part of the focus within this new initiative is on how to find new uses, or in some cases, reuses, of food waste. Acting EPA Administrator Wheeler says food waste can be composted instead of landfilled and can also be converted to energy. We ordered a grant to Clarkson University to fund new and improved food waste digesters. Or gleaning food left in fields is undesirable because of consumer preferences or aesthetics, using them as ingredients for feed for animals. Or, as Stephanie Ho reports, finding creative uses for such food in the kitchen. Rod, the James Beard Foundation is encouraging chefs to use all parts of a food product when preparing a meal. The foundation's Catherine Miller says one focus is on instructors and students at culinary schools. This is really our attempt to start at the very beginning, when people are in culinary school, when they are just starting their careers, and talking to them about why reducing food waste and sustainability measures are important, but also how they can do it and incorporate it into their training. She says it is paramount that chefs use everything they have on hand to make tasty meals that people want to eat. It's just delicious when you make that chicken liver mousse and use the day-old brioche as the you know, bread for it and you juice those kale stems and you turn that into the sauce. You've just created a dish that has reclaimed every ounce of flavor and has very little waste related to it. The foundation also published a cookbook that helps home chefs figure out how to apply waste-reducing techniques in their own kitchens. We are making roasted chicken. We're figuring out what to do with our broccoli stems. We're figuring out how to repurpose that or not throw away that avocado that maybe looks a little off. Organizations such as hers are trying to show people that reducing food waste is not only good in and of itself, but it can also taste good. Back to you, Rod. And Stephanie, another way consumers can take initiative in both food waste reduction and nutrition education is USDA's Food Keeper app. Explained by Christopher Bernstein of the Food Safety and Inspection Service. It's a database of hundreds of foods with information on how they should be stored in your pantry, in your refrigerator, in your freezer, how long those timelines should be, and information on preparation as well. Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue says in closing that the educational aspect of food waste reduction is not only important to current consumers, but more so for future ones. That's what we're trying to do is train our children in the wholesome, healthy use of portion sizes and eating what we need but not wasting that food. This has been Agriculture USA. For Stephanie Ho, I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. And here in the Midwest, this is Mary Huckel with Community Garden Revolution. Thank you for joining us uh, this week and start a community garden if you haven't already. Uh, Thanks. Have a great community garden day.